Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Mark Shaw. Mark, for a lot of our younger and new members of the audience, some weren't even born when Dorothy Kilgallen was around. Can you tell uh, tell them who she was? Well, it was pleasure. Uh, and it is interesting, uh, even of those 600,000 uh, uh, people who viewed uh, the YouTube uh, uh, presentation I mentioned about, I've gotten all these emails, and many of them are from young people. In fact, there's a 17-year-old high school student down in North Carolina who has organized a Get uh, Justice for Dorothy, a Facebook club. Wow. And she's called the commissioner in New York City. Uh, and I hear this all the time because I see inspiration in this woman. And maybe that's the most important thing, both in The Reporter Who Knew Too Much, Denial of Justice, and then the new book I'm working on, Collateral Damage. Dorothy is an inspiration. College dropout. Uh, her father was a famous uh, newspaper man, as you know, Jim Kilgallen. Uh, that's all she wanted to do then, and, and she got an internship at, at the New York Journal American. And, and, and once, you know, in those days, women were supposed to be in, not in the back seat, but in the car behind. But Dorothy overcame all those gender uh, obstacles and became a syndicated columnist for the Journal American, syndicated to 200 newspapers across the country. And in those uh, days, that's huge. Oh, huge. yes, it, it was. And and, you know, she then became a star on What's My Line, the quiz show. She covered the Lindbergh baby kidnapping case. Uh, she covered a Dr. Sam Shepard case that uh, became the fugitive with Harrison Ford. Uh, she w- the New York Post called her the most uh, powerful female voice in America. Ernest Hemingway said she was the greatest r- woman writer in the world. She, she was, uh, you know, so strong and... and and such a, a, um, a bold woman to do things that it was very difficult to do in those days. So she's an inspiration for young people. And I've heard from several young people, who, uh, young women, who have said, I'm, I'm going to become a journalist. And, I, and I've heard from people who've said, you know, we need a reporter like Dorothy Kilgallen today with that integrity, because that's how she was. She actually went out and found the facts and then let people stop and think about what they were, like I do with my books. So... Uh, she was a remarkable woman, and to die at age 52, a journalist kind of in the line of duty, people have called her a patriot. Uh, there's a guy who emails me who goes to her, uh, to go to the seminary, uh, cemetery uh, every week and puts flowers on her grave. So people have really fallen in love with Dorothy, and that's what has made them so angry that, that she hasn't got the... the, uh, the, the um, uh, just as she deserves. And I think there are a lot of people who feel the same way about Marilyn. Marilyn was used by, uh, by powerful men, Frank Sinatra. You know, you could go down the line, and of course the Kennedys. Right. And Sinatra hated Kilgallen. Oh, boy. There's another link between the, the two, uh, 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 two women. He, and the he two called guys. her the chinless one. The chinless wonder, he called yeah. her. Maybe he was a little bit right with that, but she wrote some columns, <laughs> uh, George, as you know about him. Scathing. Uh, his mafia buddies and these bimbos that he dated, yep. uh, all yeah. of that. Well, he didn't like that, so he got back at her. One time he sent a, a, um, a fake uh, tombstone to her office. Uh, they really didn't like each other. And, of course, then you have Sinatra being the connection between Joe Kennedy and the mafia guys that helped him in, win the 60 election. That's right. And it was uh, Frank Sinatra who, what, introduced uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe to John F. To Kennedy. JFK, that's and right. Happy birthday, song in New York, and then uh, she was with 
uh, JFK for a while, and then he got word from Joe that had to end, and so who took it up at that point? Bobby Kennedy. So there's all kinds of connections there for sure. Well, that's right. And then, of course, Sinatra was close with JFK until Bobby got in the middle and said, you have to understand who he's cavorting with these mobsters. It's time to distance yourself, and that broke away. Yes, it did. And, you know, Joe Kennedy was a bad guy. And he had this dream. He couldn't be president himself because he showed affection to Adolf Hitler. So he said to himself, well, if I can't be president with all my money, then my sons will be. Well, it was supposed to be Joe Kennedy Jr. He died in the war. So now it's JFK. And I truly believe he thought he could, he could uh, build a dynasty. A JFK would be president, then uh, Bobby, mm-hmm. and then Ted. And and so he used all his power and his money through Sinatra to get help for the 60 election. And then what did he do? I had a witness right there who uh, who stated that uh, Bo- uh, Joe uh, ordered JFK to appoint Bobby Kennedy attorney general. Bobby had never tried a case in court. And then Bobby went after those mobsters, and, well, you can't do that. Uh, so uh, there's all kinds of yep. connections in there. But, Absolutely. Uh, you, you've uh, got your thumb on this, Mark. Well, I think so. And and it's all because of Dorothy. Every time I do any sort of investigation, I say, what would Dorothy do? Because she was a superior investigator. Little things that she saw. I'll give you one example. Uh, Jack Ruby always said that he was so distraught uh, over uh, when JFK died. And uh, Dorothy was at the Ruby trial, so she was there. She was watching what was happening. And and when the Ruby trial transcripts, when they when they had the testimony there from those eyewitnesses, uh, Dorothy was in the front row, and she heard testimony that what Jack Ruby right after uh, JFK died was in the Dallas Morning News offices selling a twist board, which was that little round thing that you you stood on and twisted around in. In those days, that's right. Yeah. And that's she right. said to herself, "Wait a minute." A man who's distraught about the JFK assassination wouldn't be selling twist boards. Now, that seems like a real small detail. But being a former criminal defense lawyer, I know those things make a lot of difference. And that's why she focused on Ruby. That's why she didn't believe his story about, you know, just happening to be in the, in the Dallas Police Department and all of these kinds of things, which are borne out by the Ruby With With a gun, by the way. With a gun and all of that. So... She was so smart, you know, she had such instincts, and uh, I think that's why uh, people have such respect for her now, and I hope they'll have for Marilyn when they kind of realize that we, you know, I've been able to trace what happened to Marilyn through the last days of her life, and I think when people read that in the new book, they will, they will get an idea of, of what was going on in her life and why she was susceptible to um, those in power uh, why they felt threatened, just like the ones that did in Dorothy's case, and why they both had to be eliminated. Now, let me ask you some questions about the Kilgallen death, first of all. She died of an, uh, of what was an apparent heart attack caused by pills and alcohol that she had in her system. Mm-hmm. Now, they say that her husband was in the apartment at the same time in a different room. Is that true? Well, it is. And, you know, I, I, whenever I make uh, mistakes or I feel like I haven't really gotten the truth, kind of, uh, you know, don't believe that I've, I've in my books been able to do that, uh, I'm the first one to say that I need to change things. And I will change things in the new book uh, about who was more responsible for no investigation in Dorothy's death. 
And uh, I've always felt like that it was the NYPD, that it was the police department. But recently, new evidence has come to my attention that uh, it probably was the medical examiner's office in New York City. Because um, the, uh, I found a, a witness, an eyewitness, uh, the detective who was on the scene, who has said that he got the wrong information from the medical examiner's office. George, remember, the conclusion about Kilgallen's death was that she died of an overdose of barbiturates and alcohol, mm -hmm. circumstances undetermined. Well, I interviewed Dr. Michael Bodden lately, the famous uh, forensic scientist. Right, he's an expert in this. Uh, right, and he finally admitted to me that the ME office screwed up when they went uh, to the media and said that Dorothy, Dorothy died accidentally because when they put circumstances undetermined in there, that meant they didn't know what happened at all. And so I have a good quote from Detective Doyle, which says, hey, if I would have known there was anything out of the ordinary, that there were three barbiturates in her system, not one, I would have investigated. And so, you know, and it's the same thing in Marilyn's case with Noguchi's. Uh, autopsy. He admitted he made mistakes, that he didn't do the right tests. He, he called for a re-examination of, uh, of Marilyn's death at one point. So you had botched autopsies in each situation, and then, of course, there was no investigation in either one. Now, back, back to uh, Kilgallen again. So if her husband was in the apartment, oh, yes. this wasn't like a mansion. Uh, the, he's in his own room, yeah. How could, if, if somebody broke in or several people broke in and forced pills down her throat or did whatever they did, how could he not hear this? Well, he was on the fourth floor and she was on the third. And uh, the, the butler's uh, daughter, uh, who I interviewed, said that her father told her that, they, that there were, he heard two people coming in the door that night. Remember, Dorothy, after the final What's My Line uh, show and and it's amazing how many people are watching those shows. Oh, those, now. they were huge. Yeah, it was such a big deal. So uh, anyway, after the show, she went to P.J. Clark's. I sat right n near where she was on the last night of her life. And then she went to the Regency Hotel. She met this Ron Pataki, who was the main suspect in her death. We've proven that. Uh, we know that he was involved. He's admitted he was the last person to see her alive. Uh, he wrote some poems. Uh, providing uh, details about her death only the killer could know. That's what I explained to the commissioner's hmm. office. And then she, and then we don't know. Did they, did they uh, spill into her drink there at the Regency Hotel these barbiturates, or was she accompanied home by somebody? And they, uh, they, the, the uh, barbiturates were then uh, put in her uh, glass at that particular point. We, we really don't know exactly. All we can do is trace what happened and the fact that she died. Uh, sometime uh, in the middle of the night, uh, her body was moved uh, the next morning, moved around, and the police were never called until the afternoon, and all of that happened. And, uh, you know, they took one look at the, at the uh, barbiturate, empty barbiturate uh, uh, container and said, oh, well, it must be an accidental death and all of that, and there was no investigation that way. So, you know, that just shouldn't have happened back then, but I'm, I've gotten more information now about, it, about how it all um, unfolded, and I think we'll really be able to do. Uh, you're talking about the husband. In the autopsy report, he absolutely lied. Now, both these books are true crime murder mysteries, as you know. There are several suspects involved. Sure. But uh, the uh, Detective Doyle took a statement from, uh, from the husband, uh, Richard Calmer. They were at odds, kind of estranged and everything. 
that, that Dorothy Kilgallen came home at 11.30 and went straight to bed. Well, we know that isn't true through the other witnesses, that she went to P.J. Clark's, and there was a woman who was on What's My Line who saw her at the Regency Hotel and everything, so he just dead solid lied about all of that. So he's certainly a suspect with Sinatra. J. Edgar Hoover uh, knew that Dorothy was going to, in her book, uh, uncover the fact that, that his Oswald alone theory made no sense. And, and in her column, she showed that. The Dorothy Kilgallen story.org is something your viewers may want to take a look at because photos of Dorothy quotes, all of the videotaped interviews with her and every, everything. So there were many enemies there. She, hadn't, she had not broken the JFK story before her death, did she? What's that? She had no, not broken the story. She was writing story. that book for Random House. Coincidentally, the publisher was Bennett Sir, Who was on What's My Line with her. What's My Line. Yeah. And, and she had given him some chapters absolutely the night of her last What's My Line show. And, and, and she was just going to, it was a tell-all book. She, you know, both of these women, unfortunately, opened their big mouths. Dorothy was telling everybody, I'm going to crack this case. It's, yep. the, it's the case of a lifetime. I know who killed the president and why. Look at Marilyn. We have prim, primary source evidence that she was telling people she was going to go to the media about her relationships with John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy. You can't do that. They both thought they were invincible, especially Dorothy Kilgallen, and they were both wrong. Right, and, and, and Kennedy had a re-election coming up. And in those days, uh, I mean, you couldn't have those kind of scandals. Oh, no. And, and uh, you know, Bobby Kennedy supposedly was in San Francisco when Marilyn died, but there's primary source evidence that I've found that he actually was in uh, Los Angeles. But look, look at who benefited from the crime in both of these cases. Well, uh, Carlos Marcello and Hoover and, and all of that benefited from Dorothy's death. Uh, she couldn't write her book. They silenced her. Look at Marilyn. Who benefited? Well, there are others that yep. did, but the Kennedys for sure, because you're, you're right. I mean, Ted Kennedy was running for senator at the time, so there couldn't be a scandal there, and uh, they had to silence Marilyn, in my opinion, as well, and I think I'll be able to prove that. Why was Marilyn going public? Why wasn't she just quiet about it? A woman scorned. That's what happened to her. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, there, there is evidence that John F. Kennedy may have, you know, Look at who she was, the most beautiful woman, arguably, in the world, sexy as could be. She, she An traveled actress. all the way to New York City and sings happy birthday to him in that $10,000 sequin dress that you could see through, a loving, that, that voice of hers, her sexiness and everything, and there's concrete evidence that they spent the night together there. And, and other times as well in, in, in uh, Palm Springs. Well, Jeez, did Jackie know what was going on? What's that? Did Jackie know what was going on? I, I, think, I think, unfortunately, you know, Dorothy wrote a couple columns about Jackie Kennedy, and she praised her so much for the kind of woman she was that I think in my own mind she did that because she knew Dor uh, Jackie knew about not only uh, Marilyn, but all of the all women of that, the that were at yeah. the White House and all of that. So I think she did know. But with, with Marilyn, um, you know, common sense. Uh, she thought JFK loved her. And then he dumped her. And then Bobby took up with her. And then all at once, very shortly before Marilyn died, uh, the news came from Bobby Kennedy's confidant, uh, Peter Lawford. Well, he's through with you, too. 
And Marla was in a, a tough state at the time. She had a lot to live for, but mm-hmm. that's awful tough to take. Oh, here's one other great similarity. Uh, George, you remember that Dorothy's file uh, about the JFK assassination disappeared. Uh, supposedly FBI agents took it on the, on the morning she died. Well, Marilyn had notebooks and a diary. And they were gone. And what do you think happened to those? Poof. Gone. I'd love to see those, wouldn't you? Absolutely. There's another book for you there, Mark. <laughs> oh, well, goodness. you never know. Dorothy, Dorothy will help me out. Maybe she knows where they are. <laughs> Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.